One Piece at a Time, a Ravenloft play by Scene K. Raylands, adapted by myself and first performed at Gen Con 1999. Act 1. Welcome, one and all, to this our tale of darkness, passion of woe, of love's quarry and of life beyond death. Welcome to the mists of Ravenloft. We find our tale beginning on a rainy night, with streaks of lightning dancing across the night's grim expanse, whilst the wolves howl at the moon. Before the circled moon sits a mansion. It is not the largest of its type, nor the oldest, but in this land we shall name it Barovia, it is certainly grand. A gentleman enters the mansion, wearing the finery of a noble. His cloak is marked by rain and his hair lies flat against his head. In his gloved hands he holds a single white rose, and despite his weather-worn state he smiles. The man enters not alone, for he is accompanied by a stout gentleman of a large, heavy brow and dark eyes. From a doorway across the room a single womanly eye peeks, her love in sight beholden, excitement beating a tattoo at her breast. Victoria, my love, I'm here. I will take you to her, sir. She is in the library. No need, Olaf. I know where the study is. I've been there a hundred, hundred times with her father. Yes, but it's my job. Really, Olaf, I can handle it myself. All right. Muttering darkly to himself, Olaf leaves out of a side door where he is joined by a sly-faced, thin woman. Maximilian moves towards the ajar doorway where the womanly eye last peered from. A smile upon his handsome features broadens with each step. There you are, my darling. I brought this for you. Maximilian holds out the flower, smiling still. A white rose, Maximilian. You are so sweet. I know. After we're married, I'll bring you flowers every day. Oh, Maximilian, there is no need for that. All I need is your love. But you have that now. True. If only my father had lived through the winter, he would have loved to have seen us married. He was a good man and an excellent surgeon. I only hope that someday I can be half the doctor he was. Speaking of which, I must be off. Mrs. Brown is due to give birth any day now, and I'd like to see how, she, how she's doing. I'll call again tomorrow. So soon? Goodbye, Maximilian. Tightly they embrace, each arm gripping their lover tightly. Maximilian brings his lips to Victoria's for a kiss, sweet and sincere. A kiss that promises many happy years for the two lovers to be together. Finally, hesitantly, they release each other. Lingering grasps fall, forming for a moment as a second kiss occurs. Maximilian leaves, and Victoria sighs 
staring out of the rain-dashed window as his horse rides off into the night. <sighs> Four weeks until we are married. What joy. Smiling to herself, Victoria holds a single white rose to her breast and returns to the library from whence she came. Meanwhile, Olaf and Len sit at a table in the next room playing a game of, of five dragon ante. I can't believe how silly they are together. I love you this. I have flowers that. It's disgusting. I know. I think it's romantic. Romantic? Bah! You don't need all that stuff to get a woman. You just need to be big, strong, confident, and the girls will be all over you. No need for this romance. It gets all in the way when you want them to leave you alone. Well, I can see how well it's worked out for you. Or maybe it's because you still live at home with your mother. Yeah, shut up. My mother is a very kind woman. Of course she is. A loud scream sounds in the other room. Len and Olaf look up. Elsa, the maid, stumbles in, her eyes red with tears. Her dress is muddied, and a haunted look marks her round face. What is it, Elsa? It's Dr. Dr. Maximilian. His horse, it caught his leg in a hole and threw him. He broke his neck. He's dead. Elsa storms from the room, wiping her eyes and heads towards the library. The door creaks on its hinges as it swings, slowly closed. Oh no, Miss Victoria isn't going to take this well. Great, now we're going to have weeks of her crying all over the place. Well, let's go pick up his body. The duo place their cards back down upon the table and head after Elsa, apprehension mirrored on their faces. Victoria sits at the dining room table. Her face is grim, and what little makeup she wears is run throwing dark rivers upon her cheeks. Beside her, the maid, Elsa, seeks to comfort her mistress. There, there now, Miss Victoria. I hear it was quick. You didn't suffer. No reply offers Victoria in response. I know this is hard after losing your father only months ago, but you must be strong. They both would have wanted that for you to be strong. Victoria remains silent. She moves not even as a chill wind announces the entrance of Olaf and Len, Maximilian's body in hand. They place the corpse before their mistress, and it is Len who breaks the deathly silence. It's Victoria. We brought him in for you so you could say goodbye to him. Then we'll take him down to the grave diggers. Better hurry up, too, or you'll start sneaking up the place. Shut up, you idiot. You're gonna make her cry. You're the idiot! Olaf brings a great hand towards the back of Len's head. Don't hit me! Len retaliates, kicking Olaf from the shins, and they begin to scuffle. In her chair, Victoria becomes more and more visibly agitated. She then stands. Enough! I will not have you 
to fighting while my betrothed lies dead on the floor. Compose yourselves and move out of the way. Len and Olaf freeze and their mistress's demand. Slowly, like a ghost, Victoria moves to Maximilian's side, tears rolling down her cheeks, and head bowed as she speaks, the sound barely above a whisper. Goodbye, my sweet. If only. Victoria raises her head and wipes her face clear of tears. She turns her dark eyes towards Olaf and Len. Shall we take him away now, Miss Victoria? No. Take him to the cellar and put him on the ice blocks. What? You heard me. Put his body on ice and be gentle. Yes, Miss Victoria. Right away. Elsa, I will be in my father's study. Victoria leaves without another word. Looking at each other, Olaf and Len begin carrying the body out. On ice. <sighs> I hope she doesn't think she'll make us eat him or something. Shut up, Olaf, and don't drop your end. Together they carry the body out. Maximilian's dead eyes peer out the world as they descend the stairs into the basement. Victoria stands before the monster she loves. Olaf and Len linger in shadows, abhorrent expressions fixed upon their faces. Victoria smiles in her victory and chuckles to herself. <laughs> Maximilian's severed head is attached to, by wires to an electrical switch on a stone, blood-splattered table. The skull has been cracked open and wires attached directly to the brain. Beside the head, liquid bubbles audibly in a glass bottle. I don't sick. I don't claim to understand it either. But I'm not paid to answer questions. I just lift things. I'm just glad we didn't have to eat them. I have been studying my father's notes on the chemical reactions of corpses and the preservation of tissues. He was making remarkable progress in this work, and he believes that he soon will be able to remove a healthy and undecayed part from a cadaver and surgically attach it to the place of a damaged part of a living person. His notes are incomplete, but I have taken his research to heart and think that I can use it to progress to the next step. What next step? Oh, I think I know where this is going. Shall we begin? Victoria pauses for a moment. She takes a deep breath before slowly exhaling. Sparks fly as the switch is pulled and then there is silence. Collectively, all living, present in the room, hold their breath, waiting, watching, hoping, but not all for the same thing. 
Time passes slowly for Victoria, each second feeling like a lifetime. First one, then the other. Maximilian's eyes open. Yeah, he opened his eyes. Uh, uh, he's Maximilian. Hello. What happened? Everything is blurry. Hello. I hear some. Victoria, are you there? It's me, Maximilian. I'm with you. Where am I? I, I remember riding and, and falling. As I heard, I I can't feel my legs. I can't feel anything. Have I broken my neck? Yes. Yes, Maximilian. You were thrown from your horse. You broke your neck. Oh, by Ezra's shield, no. I I can't be a husband for you if I'm confined to a bed. Well, actually... <laughs> Shut up! Len kicks Olaf in the shins. Oi! Maximilian, there is more that you need to know. Yeah, yes, tell me. Ah, my eyes are clearing up. I can see you. You're as lovely as ever. My love, tell me what's happened, and um, why are these wires on my head? You see, Maximilian, you were killed when the horse threw you. I used my father's notes to bring you back to life with chemicals and electricity. I was dead with a broken neck and you somehow brought me back? Well, this is amazing. I knew your father was a talented doctor, but this is almost beyond belief. Can you repair my injuries? Yes, I can. But your injuries are not what you think they are. What? What do you mean? If you can bend your neck and look at yourself... All right. Uh, ah, ah. Where's my body? Victoria, what have you done to me? Ah. Maximilian's ringing screams fall silent as Victoria steps forward and pulls the switch once more. She hangs her head and sighs. Olaf turns his head towards Len. Well, that could have gone better. You, you cannot do this. It's a terribly cruel and corrupt thing to do, especially to a man you love. What am I paying you for? To lift things. That's right. So keep your opinions locked up in that thick skull of yours. And as for doing this to the man I love, I am trying to save him. I can take parts from dead bodies and make them whole again. Then we can be together. That's just really gross. I don't think I want to have anything to do with this. Really, Olaf? Well, I'm sure you'll find someone else to hire you. But I doubt your wages would be enough to help you take care of your poor, sick mother. I'm afraid she would waste away if it weren't for the salary my father established for you. I... I... Uh, I'm sorry, Miss Victoria. Please, I would like to stay. I thought so. Now you two should lurk about the gravediggers to see if there are any recent deaths. I shall repair him in stages, starting with the neck and chest, 
so any new corpse must be intact in those areas. We are off. By all that's holy, who knew that in a love-struck girl there looked such a bitch? Olaf and Len exit, while Victoria pauses. She looks back upon the face of her dearly beloved, a face still twisted in a terribly macabre scream. She pulls a switch, and once more amidst flying sparks, the dead eyes open. What? Uh, hello? It felt very strange for a moment. Victoria, my love, what is... Wait, wait! You have made an obscenity of me, how can... Victoria rushes forth and clamps a hand over Maximilian's mouth. Do not scream, Maximilian. Let me explain this to you. You were dead. I couldn't live without you. I have found a way for us to be together again. This is the way. Now, I will remove my hand and we will talk. Alright? But Victoria, look at me. I'm an abomination. I'm not a man, I'm a thing for a Vistani to hide in his tent and charge a small coin to see. What, what's the point of being together if I'm like this? But you won't be like this for long, Maximilian. With my father's notes, I have found a way to transfer body parts from fresh cadavers onto living flesh. I will rebuild your body until you are whole again. And until then, look at me, I, I, I'm utterly helpless. Am I to sit here all day on a shelf? You don't have to remain awake. I shut off your mind when you started screaming at me. I can keep you asleep like that, except when I have given you new flesh. Then you will see your progress, and you will be pleased. Will that satisfy you? Yes, yes, that will satisfy me. Please, Victoria, make me sleep now. I, I can't stand to be like this. Very well, my sweet. Until you wake again. Tears of rain patter outside as Len and Olaf sit, the villager inside the old Raven Inn. Mugs of ale sit before each, whilst cars lie forgotten on the aged oak table. I'm very sorry to hear about your brother, Johan. Yes, being stampeded by his own cattle is quite a tragedy. So, exactly what were the extent of his injuries? Did he get beat up real good? What? Len glares over at Olaf before speaking herself. What he means is, how was he hurt? Oh, well, he was flailing around a lot on the ground, and I guess the cattle broke his leg, stepped on his stomach a few hundred times, and broke an arm too. Uh, but his chest and the other arm were okay, right? I guess so. But he died anyway, so I don't see the point of your question. Uh, nothing. Just making conversation. So, anyway, sorry about your brother. See you later. Yeah, you do have a smith-eater on after all. Goodbye now! Johan frowns, confusion passing over his features as the duo get up and leave. Shrugging, he returns to his drink. Outside, Olaf 
and Len discuss the matter at hand. So, you got a shovel? Let's get to work. The chamber beneath the manor house is lit only by the flickering, dancing, lethal lights of many a candle, their lifeblood waxily bleeding away. Olaf and Len watch their mistress with growing unease, even so far as to jump as she turns suddenly to them and speaks, the light casting a manacle glint in her eyes. The procedure seems to have worked. Shall we wake him up? Hey, never use the word procedure on a man. It's embarrassing. What? Yes, Miss Victoria, let's wake him up. Victoria turns about and with eager hands pulls the switch. This time there is no delay in Maximilian's waking. Hello? Ah, I'm awake again. What news? Look down and see for yourself. Ah, there is more of me. And I have an arm. Now this is an improvement. But what happened to the other one? These parts came from a man that was trampled to death. His other arm was too damaged to use. Very well then, this is better than nothing, and remarkable progress. <clears throat> What's next? Olaf and Lynn will have to find another fresh body for us to use. Until then, we wait. Very well. The cadaver of a man motions Victoria forward. With a movement of his corpse fingers, he takes her hand in his as she approaches him. <clears throat> forgive me, for, forgive me, my love, for doubting you. You are as much a genius as your father was. Dead, padded lips brush against the woman's digits before they are released. Now, if there's nothing else, please let me have the dreamless sleep, for I wish to be complete again. As you wish, my love. The machine once more is urged by Victoria's hand to return Maximilian back to death's embrace. So, what now? You'll have to find me more fresh bodies, of course. You may have to go to other towns, just so it doesn't seem suspicious that you hang around our gravedigger all the time. We'll need some expense money if we're staying in another town. Yes, of course. Just don't spend it all drinking and come back empty-handed. Time passes, as is its want. And we return to find Olaf and Len sitting at their usual table, their usual cards before them, and Len, as usual, was winning. Nothing much has changed, and despite the evil of their deeds, these villains sleep soundlessly. The villainess storms in, and they look up. I cannot believe that ha there have been no suitable bodies in any of the nearby towns. It has been over a month. People die all the time. Just not around here, apparently. 
We could go to other towns that are farther away. No, the deterioration that sets in soon after death makes their bodies unusable for this purpose. Well, too bad. I guess we'll just have to wait around. Oh well, what a tragedy. No! I have been waiting long enough as it is. Tomorrow was supposed to be our wedding day. Hey, congratulations! The villainess waves an irritated hand at Len, scowling at fate's denial of, unhur of her unholy quest. What am I going to do? There is a long, foreboding pause. It lingers on the air before being broken by more talk of malign intent. Victoria turns her back on her minions, her mad gaze fixed on the crackling fire. The man who died. You said he had a brother? Yep, that's Johan. Nice guy. What does he do? Is he a farmer? A blacksmith? He runs one of the blacksmith shops, yes? And has a small farm. Excellent. I want you to invite him here. What, you gotta buy him some of his animals for him? Something like that. You think animal parts will work on fixing Dr. Maximilian? Something like that. Just invite him over. We can have Elsa make a roast. Or you can play cards. I don't care. Just have him over. And soon. The sound of Victoria's footsteps fades as she exits the dining room and heads towards her usual haunt in the library. Len turns to Olaf, biting down slightly on her lower lip. I wonder what she's up to. I don't care. Elsa's making a roast. That's good eating. You're easy to please. Mmm. Roast. Olaf and Len are joined by Johan, the deadly invitation unwittingly accepted. And that's a full house for me. I believe it. Ah, fine, you win again. Present, present, full house for Len. You guys are awful at this game. Oh, shut up. Elsa, when's that roast gonna be done? And perhaps the single essence of innocence in this filthy game of horror, Elsa's voice sounds from the other room. Just a few more minutes, now leave me be. The mistress of death enters. Her dress is crimson silk. Her eyes are ablaze with a fire. And her hands and their silk gloves are folded behind her back. Oh, hello, gentlemen, and welcome, Johan. So sorry to hear about your brother. Thank you, Miss Victoria. I don't think even Father would have saved him. But his spirit will... But his spirit's with Ezra now. Yes, I am sure it is. Are you enjoying your game? <laughs> Why, yes, very much so. Of course you are. You've won almost every end. If I hadn't marked these cards... Myself, I would have thought you were cheating. What? Ah, nothing bad, Joe. Johan, did you see that painting over there? Johan frowns and turns his head. The final, 
fatal mistake. Which one? The club comes down, and Johan tumbles from his chair. With a frenzied snarl, Victoria pounces on top of him, hammering her down and down again. Johan cries out. He throws up his hands to protect himself, but to no avail. He lasts no time at all. Johan dies in Victoria's own hand. Whilst his supposed friends, Olaf and Len, just watch. What did you just do? What do you think I just did? We need his body parts to restore Maximilian. He'd probably prefer that to trying to get about with his chest and arm cut off. Shut up! Olaf, just shut up. Quickly, take him to the workroom. I want to finish this before he has a chance to wake up. It's Victoria, I can't have any part in this. Oh, really, Lynn? And who are they going to believe killed poor Johan here? Me, daughter of a doctor? Or you, an unmarried woman? He was fraternizing with. Come, uh, Olaf, you'll vouch for me, won't you? Olaf turns his back on his childhood friend, shoulders slumped, and head bowed. I'm sorry, Lynn. Have to take care of me mum, and you know. Damn you! And made a mistake you while you walk at night. Now help me move this damn body. Right, wait. Perhaps the names of Olaf and Len are unmarked by the same blood that has touched Victoria's hands. Perhaps not. The body is removed and the operation performed. Len and Olaf now stand apart as Victoria does her dirty deeds. Well, shall we see how he likes his new parts? Why didn't we use all of Johan again? That would have been easier, wouldn't it? I studied Johan before I cut him up. He has a bad knee, and I want Maximilian to be perfect. How are we going to account for Johan's disappearance? Everyone knows we invited him to play cards tonight. That is not my concern. You figure it out. Say he left here perfectly healthy, and people will assume he was eaten by wolves on the way back. Now enough talk. Let's see how Maximilian is. Maximilian, my darling, how do you feel? What? That is so incredibly disorienting. Hello? How much time has passed? Over a month. A month? Amazing. And look, I have two arms and a torso now. I've half a mind to be half a man, if I may make a bad joke. <laughs> how do you feel? Quite good, actually. My neck itched before, but now it seems to be better healed. I suppose the same will happen with the other surgeries as well. Maximilian, I promise that I shall soon have a whole body for you. And then we'll be together. Wonderful. Olaf, Len, you look out of sorts. Cheer up. I'll be up and about in no time. Yes, Doctor. Yes, Doctor. Well, as I have two arms now, I don't see the need in me sleeping all the time. Perhaps you could 
leave me a, a, awake a while and give me something to read. I'd ask for something to eat, but I don't seem to be that hungry. Of course, I am quite new to having a stomach again, so perhaps it'll take some time for my brain to figure it out. I'll find you something to read, Maximilian. Len approaches Olaf for the first time since his betrayal. She glances towards Maximilian for the scantest of moments before whispering to her friend. So where are we going to hide our home's body? Don't know. Same as the other one, I guess. Wonder how long this is going to go on. Until he can walk around on his own, I think. You realize that once he's whole, she don't, won't need us no more. Huh? She'll have a husband. They can't live here together because people know he's dead. So they'll have to move away and they won't want us telling stories. What? She'll kill us? I'm too big and strong for her to kill me. Let's just be careful. Victoria returns smiling. An old leather-bound book in her arms. Here you go, my love. Excellent. Thank you very much. I shall begin reading post-haste. All present turn towards the door as Elsa enters. Miss Victoria, there's a minstrel at the door. He'd like to perform for us in exchange for dinner and a few coins. I don't need a stupid minstrel singing off-key tunes in my house. Just because we live in a manor house doesn't mean that we want... Wait. No. Please show him in. We will be happy to receive him. Yes, Miss Victoria. Maximilian, I'm certain this minstrel won't understand your situation. You should remain here. Oh, of course. I have a book to keep me company. And I hate bards anyway. Enjoy the singing. The villains sit, whilst the thin, sickly-looking minstrel stands. He has been fed, and is now ready for the tale-telling. Was the food Elsa made for you adequate? Oh yes, miss. It was quite tasty. You are very generous. So, my maid tells me that you are a traveling minstrel. Are you from around here? No, miss. I was born in the land at the far end of the realm. I have been traveling since I reached my 14th year. Remarkable. Have you ever been to this town before? No, miss. Uh, this is the furthest I have traveled from my hometown. I have to say that your home is one of the nicest places I have had the pleasure to perform at. You are very kind. Now, I assume that your initials stand for a given name? Yes, miss, but it's a very unwieldy name, so I shortened it. Interesting. Well, would you like to begin? If I may, miss. Olaf, you have been wanting to learn about singing. Stand near the man and pay close attention to how he uses his voice. Uh, Miss Victoria? Don't be shy, Olaf. Go on ahead. Well, my first song is called Bleak House. It's the tragic story of a monster hunter who was freed from a curse 
only to die at the hands of she who placed the curse on him originally. It is also known as the death of Rudolf van Richten. The same monster hunter who wrote all those books? The very same. The minstrel closes his eyes and takes a deep breath, as if to begin his tale of woe and terror. Victoria, the spider whose web the minstrel has unwittingly entered, makes a sharp gesture for Molaf to the singer. There is not even a moment of hesitation, and Olaf clubs the tale-teller over the head. Oh my! Elsa enters and spies the body. She screams and fates to the ground. Oh, now you don't scream! <laughs> she has come to hear the tale, but in return, she spied a horror of a different sort. Quickly, take him to the workroom. Victoria enters the... Victoria enters the cold chamber and smiles to her corpse lover. An unseen spirit lingers beyond the veil of life. And Victoria, I, I heard a scream. What has happened? Worry not, my love. It turns out the minstrel was actually a thief. He pulled a knife and scared Elsa. But Olaf walked into the kitchen and knocked him cold. They have taken him to town to have the constable lock him up. So, you're safe? Yes, worry not. Very well, then. Perhaps when they return, they will have heard if another person has died. Yes, more parts for me. I do feel rather morbid waiting for people to die so that I can be complete again, but I doubt my thinking such things causes anyone to suffer misfortune. I'm sure you are correct. Well, I am feeling tired, and I don't think I can get comfortable unless I can lie down properly. Would you mind giving me the sleep again? Of course not, Maximilian. Rest well. Act 2 Beyond the sight of the living, spirit, briefly noticed previously, takes a far more familiar form. That of Johan, the murdered blacksmith, and beside him emerges the minstrel. Time to see how you like the new additions, Maximilian. What? Ah, I'm awake again. And look, I have legs. Or part of them, at least. Yes, Olaf and Lynn found that a man had been killed yesterday. They bought his corpse from the family, and I used some of him on you. Only part of the legs, though? Yes, well, he spent all his day on his feet, and so he had very rough and hard feet. Oh, and his lower legs were somewhat misshapen. I want you to be perfect, and so I thought you would feel better about having no lower legs than having bent ones that we'd have to take away later. Well, I understand. Perhaps we could get a, a wheeled conveyance, uh, perhaps something with a chair attached so that I could get about on my own. I shall see if I can find such a thing, or have one made. 
Thank you. Then we could go outside to the place that we used to take our walks in the sun. That would be wonderful, Maximilian. I have missed our walks. Soon, my sweet blossom. All right, I have some things to attend to. Will you be all right with your book? Yes, it is quite engrossing. Goodbye, then. The villainess leaves her creation behind, whilst the ghosts float ever by the corpse man. They scowl and threaten, and move to strike, yet no harm can they inflict. Look at him! He's got one arm for my brother and one arm for me! Arm thief! You're not the one only suffering here. He's wearing my flesh too. This is like some terrible curse where we follow him around forever? I don't know. I've tried to move from him, but I can't seem to get more than about 20 feet away. Maybe we are tied to him because he is made of our bodies. Maybe, but why isn't my brother here? Did they kill your brother too? No, he was killed in an accident. So, his ghost is free to move on, while we're stuck here because we were murdered. Let us go! Yeah! We didn't do anything to you! Maximilian starts and looks about, a frown upon his patrician features. Is... is someone there? He hears us! Hello? Can you hear me? I hear someone. Who is it? It's me, Johan! I can't see who it is. I'm a ghost! Knock it off with the yelling. He can hear you already. Two. Two of you. I hear you. What do you want? We are ghosts. You wear our dead body parts. Your woman killed us! That's not true. Victoria's sweet and gentle and would never hurt anyone. <laughs> a lie! She struck me on the head herself! And she had one of her servants club me when all I was going to do was sing. You lie. She said that the minstrel was a bandit and drew a knife on Elsa. No, she fed me dinner and asked me to sing, and then cut me apart to add to you. Must be going mad. I can't believe I'm hearing these things. Stop speaking. <laughs> we won't stop talking to you until we're free. And we get vengeance for our deaths. Vengeance? Yes, vengeance is good. Thank you, I'm quite proud of that one myself. S stop it, stop, get out of my head. The murderess enters, rushing to our undead lover's side. Maximilian, Maximilian, what's wrong? I heard you yelling. They're here, voices in my head, saying horrible things. The ghosts charge towards Victoria, their spiritual limbs trailing smoke-like essence behind her, behind them. Why can't we touch her? I don't know. Keep trying, she might be the one. No! Don't you touch her. Maximilian, stop it! There's no what there's nobody there. Sleep, Victoria. Make me sleep. I... Maximilian clutches at his heart and sobs in pain. Maximilian, what's wrong? 
chest pains me. Please. Yes, all of this is upsetting you. Victoria flips the switch, and Maximilian once more dies. What was that about? The men in my family have bad hearts. Guess he has the same problem now. Serves him right. Yes, but this isn't his doing. It's hers. We have to find a way to stop her. You're oppressed by these walls. I need to get you outside. Forget the wheelchair. I must find you a good pair of legs. I wonder what poor fellow they're going to get that. Olaf and Len stroll down the streets to the village. The rain falls down upon them, but they care not. So, Len, how are we going to do this one? How am I supposed to know what she thinks are a good pair of legs? I have it covered. I asked Elsa who she thought the most handsome man in town was, and she told me it was Bartok, the man's son. The most handsome man has to have great legs, of course. You have a strange way of thinking. Anyway, how are we supposed to get him to come to our house? Easy. He's a handsome man. Women like him. He knows a lot about women. So? So, we tell him that you've been having some trouble with the ladies and you'll, and you'd like his advice. Me? Why me? I can, why can't it be you that's having trouble with the ladies? Because I am a woman. Oh, yeah. I forgot sometimes. I'll dice you for it. Nope. Damn. Look, there is Bartok! Hey! Yes? Oh, if it isn't Lennon Olaf. How are you on this fine summer day? I'm well, Bartok, and you? Life couldn't be better. I'm feeling fabulous. And you, Olaf, you big brute, how are you? I'm doing... Actually, that's what we wanted to talk to you about, Bartok! Seems that Olaf's here. <clears throat> would like some advice on meeting the young ladies. Really? Bartok looks at Len for a moment. Well, I would be happy to give you whatever help I can. Shall we grab a seat at the tavern? Ah, uh, nah. Olaf's a bit sensitive about this and wouldn't want it overheard. Perhaps you'd be willing to come and have dinner at the manor house where we work. Well, yes, I haven't been there in several years. Quite a tragedy since the old doctor died. And his poor daughter. What with her being be what with her betrothed being killed as well. Yeah! Fortunately, she seems to be recovering well. And has days in which she is much like her old self. So, tomorrow night... Yes, I shall come a-calling tomorrow evening. Thank you for the invitation and the opportunity to help. Thank you, Bartok, for your assistance. You're, a gener you're as generous as your father, and I'm sure me friend Olaf will be helped greatly in his troubles by your assistance. G'day. And so, another fortuneless soul becomes entrapped in the spider's dark web. Bartok did travel with Len and Olaf to the manor house, and there they did eat. The poor man's last meal before the executioner's strike. His crime 
being handsome. Elsa, I must compliment you on this fabulous dinner. Why, thank you, Mr. Bartok. Good evening, Bartok. Miss Victoria, it's fabulous to see you. And you, Bartok. There is no hesitation now. There is no lingling doubt, no guilt to deny, no sanity to refrain the hand. Victoria strikes down and Bartok falls. Elsa screams and fades, and with a heavy sigh, Olaf and Len rise. Len closes her eyes, eyes marked with tears. Even stupid, slow Olaf's heart is now burdened. All feel guilt. All except for the spider in her web of earthly departure. Quickly! Yes, we know. The workroom. Olaf and Len and Victoria stand as ever in the workroom. Now the ghosts of the blacksmith and minstrel are joined in undeath by Bartok. Time to wake, Maximilian. A what? Ah, hello. Good to see you, my sweet. How are things? A week has passed, and now you have legs. Why, it seems I do. Are they strong enough to walk upon? They should be. I would like to see you try them. All right, I will. Slowly, the spawn of the devil stands. His mockery of a life sickening to Len's eyes. Well, look at that. Don't believe it. What, after all we've been through, you don't believe this part? Shut up, Olaf. Wonderful. Can you walk at all? We shall see. Like a puppet on strings, Maximilian slowly starts taking careful, wobbly steps, his limbs moving as if wood. Not bad, although it seems that I ought to practice. It will return to you in time. Is there any pain? No pain, and the itching of the old surgeries has almost completely faded. Well, don't push yourself too hard. You still need time to heal and regain your strength. All right, my love. Perhaps I could have something to eat? I don't feel hungry, but I'm sure I need it. I will have Elsa make you something light. Come, gentlemen. Let him have some time to himself. So, Bardock, since I got you too. Yes, killed me in the kitchen. And now he has my legs. It seems that my legs weren't good enough for her. So... Are we stuck like this? Bound to the physical world? What an awful fate! Not quite. See if we could talk to him. He can hear us. Really? <clears throat> Does he listen to us? No, he thinks he's going mad when he hears us. That's not as useful. But we have to find some way to make him listen to us. Doctor, it's... It's Bartok, the mayor's son. Don't you remember me? Yes, Bartok, of course. Are you outside the window? No, Maximilian. I'm here with you. Where? You have my legs. 
What? But that would mean you're dead. Right? And that would mean I'm talking to a ghost. This can't be. Ezra's shield protect me. Go away. You aren't real. He's very real, Maximilian. As real as, as we are. No, the other voice. Leave me alone. We can't, Maximilian. We're trapped here because you have our body parts. Because the woman had us killed to make you alive again. Lies. All lies. What demented humour in my brain is causing these hallucinations? No hallucinations, Maximilian. Just spirits that just want justice. Can't rest until we are avenged! No, I won't let you harm her. How can you stop us, Maximilian? We are ghosts. We're just pigments in your mind. Stop that. You'll just confuse them even more. Sorry. Go away. Leave me alone. Leave me alone! Once more, the murderess enters, a frown formed on the face of madness. Maximilian, you are screaming again. What's wrong? The voice is... My heart. Oh, my heart. It hurts. I'll stop the pain, Maximilian. I'll stop the pain. Amazing what power she has over him like that. Set us free, you murdering bitch. What could be wrong with him? My poor Maximilian. I shall have to study my father's notes some more. In the dark, the ghosts do lurk. They hover and twist about their walking mortal remains. The travesty of human life sits with Olaf and Len playing cards whilst elsewhere Victoria too, like the ghosts, lurks, although she is trapped not in death, but in madness. Hit me. Here you go. <coughs> Alright, what do you have? Full house. Huh? What? That's Johan's always got. Really? Who's Johan? He's one of your arms. Oh. Maximilian frowns momentarily before Victoria enters. Well, hello, Maximilian. I see they are keeping you busy. Yes, it's good to have company as my legs heal. You look lovely today. You are far too kind, Maximilian. Maximilian is remarkably good at cards, Miss Victoria. How strange, Maximilian. You told me you had never played cards before. I know. Perhaps I've picked up the reflexes of the man whose arm I now possess. Apparently, there is more to this process than I had first thought. Anyway, Maximilian, are you hungry? I can have Elsa make you something. No, thank you, my love. I don't feel hungry. But Maximilian, you eat like a bird. I don't know how you can get by on that. I don't know. I, I only know that I'm not much for dining, and yet my strength continues to increase. I'm hungry. I'll take something. I'm sure you know where the kitchen is, Olaf. Get it yourself. Elsa enters. She seems worried, 
panicked even. She looks from Maximilian to Victoria. Um, Miss Victoria, there are a couple of travelers at the door. Uh, they insist on seeing you. They wish to question you about some sort of strange deaths and disappearances that have been happening recently. Send them away. I have no need to talk to them. But Miss Victoria, they insist and they won't leave. Two armored figures enter. One female, one male. They are dressed as travelers, yet their armor sets them apart from others of their kind. That is correct. Who are you, and who gave you permission to enter my house? I am Alejandra the Just. And I am Samuel the Fantastic! We are here under the authority of the Constable! We are investigating the strange deaths and disappearances that now have occurred in this town over the past few months. Since most of them occurred near your home, or this is the last place these people have visited, we thought to come to you first. Mysterious deaths? What mysterious deaths? Well, first we were told that your father died over the winter. Then your fiancé was thrown from his horse and killed. Then Marcus Elantia was trampled by his cattle. That man died on the other side of town. Still, it is another death and we haven't yet ruled out as part of this strange series. Then the largest brother, Johan, was killed from the way from your house after a night of gambling, presumably by bandits. And the minstrel was heard talking that he was going to sing for dinner here. And then your men invited Bartok the Mason over, and he hasn't been seen since. And I told the constable that he never made it here. I don't know what happened to his son. We aren't accusing you, Miss Victoria. We're just here to ask you some questions. What is all this, Victoria? Who is this man? The constable said you only have three servants. He is my cousin, yes, visiting from another town. Really? And how long has this cousin been here? As long as this stands test going on? I can assure you, sir, that I have not killed anyone. I am afraid that your insurance does little good without evidence. Now, now, Samuel. He doesn't need evidence to prove he's innocent. Logically, the burden of proof is... Right, right. I always forget that part. So, you may not have killed them yourself, but do you have any information about the identity of the killer? Sir, I resent your implied accusation. I... Maximilian, what is it? My heart again. My heart. Oh, Ezra's shield, this hurts more than anything I've ever felt. Hey, I didn't do anything this time. Me neither. Look what you've done. I'm sorry. We meant no harm to your cousin. Get out! Get out of my home! Leave! Now! But we haven't finished asking you questions yet! Lynn! Olaf! Get rid of them! Blades are drawn. Guts spilled. Ah! Ah! My spleen! And very soon after, the adventurers lie in pools of their own blood. Victoria, make the pain stop. Make it stop. I will, my sweet, I will. Olaf, take Maximilian to his room. Then you two bring these meddlers to the workroom. 
Two more corpses have been formed and torn apart by Victoria's insanity. Two more ghosts join those already trapped between life and death. How many more will have to die for this madness to end? It doesn't look any good, any different. The man Johan had a bad heart, which is why Maximilian was having that pain. I replaced his heart with that of the woman. Her heart is strong and young. What about that Samuel guy? Yeah, let's put him on ice too. What part of him did you put on Maximilian? <coughs> A lady doesn't discuss such things. Ooh, Miss Victoria. Enough! It's time to wake up Maximilian again. Maximilian, I hope this works, and I hope you understand. Hello, Victoria. What happened? I remember a, a great pain in my chest and a lot of shouting. Some investigators came. They were curious about the deaths of Father, you, and the man Johan, and Bartok. Why were they here? And why was everyone so angry? Because I am not totally innocent in those events. What? We couldn't find any more fresh bodies, and so we had no more fresh parts for you. I was so anxious to have you whole again that I did something I probably shouldn't. What? W what is that? I had Olaf and Lynn bring a man here and kill him. We used him for your torso and arm. You killed someone? Victoria, this is horrible. I told you so. What? Maximilian, Maximilian, I know it's horrible. But I love you so much, I couldn't have you dead or half a man any longer. Can you ever forgive me? Is there any more you need to tell me? Oh, she is just getting started. There have been others. A minstrel and Bartok and... You killed the mayor's son? <laughs> no wonder that they were alarmed. What were you thinking? I was thinking that you would be with me again. Who else? Were there any others? Yes. It seems that Johan's heart was bad, and so I took the heart of that young woman and gave it to you. I also gave you all of her blood. Why? I think the voices you are hearing stem from an imbalance in your bodily humors. With the transfusion of her blood, that should stabilize your humors and make the hallucinations stop. Yes, one would help. Victoria? And, and you two? I'd like you to leave me alone now. I need to think. Maximilian, please, I... Vic Victoria, please. I've been through a lot, and this is a lot of news to digest. Leave me be for a while. All right, Maximilian. I will do as you ask. The trio leaves. Maximilian is now alone with the restless dead. Now do you believe us, Maximilian? We tried to tell you. Believe us, Maximilian. We're dead. Killed by the woman you love and her... servant. All we wanted was to find the truth. 
Who's that? We are the investigators, Maximilian. And, and the women killed us too. I am so sorry. Please, forgive me for my transgressions against you. I had no idea that this is what was happening. It's not you who we want, Maximilian. You are innocent of this. It's her that we want. The woman, Victoria. She hath murdered us. Are you sure you don't want Olaf and Len instead? I'm sure they were the ones who killed you, not gentle Victoria. Their hands committed the crime, but it was Victoria's will that caused this to happen. I can't... I can't hurt her. I, I love her. You will have to do something, Maximilian. We won't be able to rest until she has been punished. Please, Maximilian. You don't know what it's like to be a ghost. It's cold and torturous to see everyone and not be able to talk to them. All we want is to be able to rest. You're the only one we can talk to, and we will talk to you all the time until you do what we need. Go to Victoria. You know what you must do. Fate is crueler than anything mortal man can design. No will nor scheme can match that of fate. She twists a finer web, digs a darker trap, and encourages more mortals to their doom. And in Ravenloft, fate is all too malign and all too conscious. Maximilian's leg twitches. What was that? Did you just do that? I don't know. I just thought about him going to Victoria, and his legs moved. Ooh, let me try. Maximilian's arm begins to flail like a dying fish. Stop it. Look at that. We can control our old flesh. What are you doing? The spirits gather around Maximilian and the poor fool is used just like a puppet and marched towards the workroom door. Stop it! Stop it! I beg of you. No, Maximilian. If you will not help us, it has to be this way. No! Victoria sits in the library with Len and Olaf. Maximilian staggers through the workroom doorway elsewhere in the manor house. He hates me. I'm sure he doesn't hate you, Miss Victoria. He just needs to adjust to all of this. Adjust? What I have done is against everything he and my father taught. Preservation of life. He will never understand. That's a good point. Shut up. Maximilian calls out in panic as he stomps closer and closer towards the library. Run, Victoria, run. I can't stop them. Maximilian? Maximilian, what is it? Maximilian bursts through the library door with arms extended before him and vengeance in the hearts of the ghosts. He approaches. 
The ghosts of my dead parts can control my flesh and they want me to kill you. I, I can't stop them. Run. I love you, Victoria. And I love you, Maximilian. I did it all for you. Victoria flees towards the main door out of the manor house, just as Elsa enters the library. Miss Victoria, wait! The townsfolk are outside and hot for your blood. They know what you have done. Elsa races frantically after Victoria, but it is too late. Victoria's screams ring out into the cold, pitiless night as she is torn apart by the angry villagers. There, there you ghosts. You've had your will. My love is dead. Now leave me be and leave this realm. Freedom! At last! The ghosts fade from the world of mortals, and in his misery, Maximilian drops to his knees. It's over. It's all over. My poor, poor Victoria. The workroom. The candles burn. The liquid in the glass bottles bubble. Maximilian stands with Olaf and Len. Upon the work table sits Victoria's head, wires attached to her brain. Do you think this is a good idea, Doctor? After all that happened last time? Of course. It's only fair that I'd try to bring her back to life as well. Uh, doctor, uh, what about the ghosts? The ghosts only came because Victoria made you kill those people. All we have to do is wait for natural deaths. I've paid you two for your silence. We'll wait. But she got impatient and made us kill people. How do you know you're not going to do the same thing? Somehow this new body of mine doesn't need food or water. I think I might live a long time if I'm careful. I may even be immortal. With all that time on my side, I can wait as long as it takes to bring her back. And then she and I will be together. Forever. Elsa walks into the workroom, and Maximilian looks up to her and smiles, turning his head towards Len. And under his unholy stare, the two women shudder. So, shall we begin? The end. So, this is for me, a happy Halloween, and for the rest of these guys, a happy Halloween. So happy Halloween, everybody! Uh, happy Halloween! Uh, Halloween! 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 <laughs> and for and, and for the non-patrons, happy Christmas! Tears of rain pattered outside.
as Len and Olaf sit in the villager inside the old. <laughs> is this supposed to be the real one now? <laughs> I think it was, yeah. <laughs> Spoiling all the pretentiousness. Oh no! Tears of rain. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help but think of Scaly's voice. Yes, being stampeded by his own cattle, it's quite a tragedy. <laughs> Welcome I'm here to Dumbwitch! <laughs> oh yes, miss. It was quite tasty. You are very generous. <laughs> Budweiser. Budweiser. But the less you want it, the better it tastes. Had the pleasure to perform that. He who stumbles around in the dark with a stick is blind. But he who sticks out tonight is fluorescent. That would be wonderful, Maximilian. I have missed our walks. Hehe, <laughs> walks. I've tried to move from him, but I can't seem to get more than about twenty feet away. Four squares. Yeah, why don't you do anything to do? What? <laughs> Try reading the actual lines, please. <laughs> Is someone there? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we get a call. <laughs> Burp, busters. Can you hear me? Please, you're dead, not foreign. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And she had one of her servants club me when all I was going to do was sing. Yeah, but you are a bard. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> this is very true. We won't stop talking to you until we're free. Or I finally meet Mr. Anderson. What was that about? I don't know, William Shatner. What was it about? I don't know. I think perhaps we may have Klingons on a stubborn bow. <laughs> Better scrape them off, Jim. Oh wait, that's me. Hmm. <laughs> that is a logical captain. I agree. <laughs> Mayor is to protect them. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> and that's what Ezra thinks of all this. Yeah, she's ate everybody. Nom 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 nom. Pac-Man. Oh, is really Pac-Man. Chonk 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 chonk. Father, and I'm sure me friend Olaf will be helped greatly in his troubles by your assistance. G'day. And don't forget Lube. His crime being Hampson <clears throat> and Camp. You're using fabulous too much. They don't use fabulous that much. It doesn't matter. We're not going for real gay. We're going for comedy gay. If we're going for real gay, we'd have him, have him act like Rube. <laughs> Burned. His limbs moving as if wood. <laughs> He's got wood. Morning wood. <clears throat> okay, fine. Don't laugh. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm in character here. Mm -hmm. And when did it? And when did I become the pretentiousness posse? I don't know. Anyway. <clears throat> hey, hey, Doctor Maximilian. 
I told you, it's hard to scream in a voice. Well, no, but there's a, a heinous typo there. Okay, so there is. My familiar then. That's cool, it works. It works, it's funny as hell. Okay, uh, go forward slash clear. Why I close my window so we don't have uh, Attack of the Evil Seagulls of Death. Oh no, Seagulls. We have a problem with Charlie. Go into the cave, Charlie. Quick, get his spleen. Can't have my spleen. <laughs> no. Thank you, my love. I don't feel hungry. Sweet fancy Moses, who wrote this? George Lucas? <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? This dialogue is so... is so. Perhaps I have picked up the reflexes of the man whose arm I now possess. People don't talk like that. Shatner <laughs> does. Perhaps I need to place more plot into my lines. Each line must be essential plot development. <laughs> Uh, Watch out, you midichlorians. We will see midichlorians in the next line. <laughs> what we'll do is after, after the, and over the next ne next few years, we'll release two more of of this of like the sequels, and then we we'll have to go back and write the prequels. And in one of them, Johan swings first. Mm. <laughs> you launch a stampedes cattle, and then I lower taxes. Then the largest blurver, Johan was killed from the way from your house after a night of gambling, presumably by bandits, and the minstrel was heard talking that he was going to sing for dinner here, and then your man invited Bartok the mess on over, and he hasn't been seen since, much like punctuation in my lines. Lies with those that are looking for the truth. I don't care. I was elected during Bush's story. That means I don't care about the Constitution. Oh, right. Lines. Right, right. I <laughs> right, right. I always think. Shut up. Right, right. I always. Shut up. Right, right. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I proved myself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just go cookies. <laughs> cookies. 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 Anyway, um. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Stop. I don't think it's doing something. Fuck. Let's do it again. Um, 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 in, in, in English, we read left to right. <laughs> I was trying to rid myself of that thing that uh, Dan was doing there. Got spilled. Ah! I landed on an end like it to the chopper! And very soon after, the adventurers lie in pools of their own blood. <laughs> and any serious left in this script has completely gone out the window. Yes, and this time it wasn't us that struck the killing blow. Woohoo! Go me, I get XPs! And waffles! Do you like waffles? Anyway. Totally waffles. Max time.
<clears throat> a lady doesn't discuss such things. Ooh, Miss what kind of fucking noise is that? <laughs> An Olaf noise. <laughs> that sounds like a fucking well, uh, like a moose is about a raper. No wonder that they were alarmed. What were you thinking? I was thinking that you would be with me again. And that I'd rid the village of the gay person. I was doing it for the village! Who's that? We are the investigators, Maximilian and The women killed us too! But actually it was the servants. But then he changed a bit of script and forgot to make any other references later on. And breathe! Oh wait, I'm dead! I don't have to breathe! I can't hurt her. I, I love her. You will have to do something, Maximilian! We won't be able to rest until she has been punished. And I am curious, how much XP do I get for killing the fourth wall? You know what you must do. <laughs> I think they've, I think they've got um, undergoing on the the uh, bloody the, the wolves are meant a tactic here. If you can't get what you want, annoy the person until they do what you want. <laughs> it worked with Inga, and then you killed her. <laughs> Look at that. We can control our old flesh! Yeehaw! <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what Sam's controlling. Maximilian starts making a ranged touch attack against um, <laughs> Victoria. Ah! <laughs> on hit pregnantation. Impregnation. Whatever. <laughs> With all that time on my side, I've got time on my side. Yes, indeed. Oh, come on, Danny. We're trying for the touchy, creepy ending here. All right. <laughs>